Less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Um, if you enjoy anything about this episode, if you find it interesting, if you find it, uh, if you find it like yourself asking more questions and interested in what we have to say, um, go to lpgeorgia.com to learn more. We have tons of resources available on our website. You can also go subscribe to us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Odyssey, and uh, our favorite is Rumble at this point because we've gotten some strikes on YouTube and our YouTube channel might not be around that much longer. So um, head on over to Rumble and subscribe to our channel there. Today, we have some guests from or a guest from across the Atlantic um, over in the Libertarian Party of the United Kingdom. Mr. Andrew Withers, how are you doing today, sir? Uh, not so bad, and it's nice to be called Mr. I don't get shown that much respect these days. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. We'll try to we'll try to keep the respect at that level for the rest of the episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Andrew, I, like for me, when Elizabeth first told me that uh, there was a Libertarian Party of UK, I that never even like occurred to me that that was a possibility. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how? Libertarian Party started in the UK and like what y'all's main priorities are right now? Yeah, well, unfortunately, our invisibility is um, not um, not of our making. We were founded um, 16 years ago. and We've actually had a member of the European um, Parliament as a member at one stage. We've been around for an awful long time. I used to be a regular um, appearance on uh, doing regular appearances on the BBC, on the radio, virtually weekly. And then all of a sudden that stopped about 10 years ago and we seem to have become invisible. Uh, We have a problem in the uh, UK that when they do report on local elections or national elections, they only bother interviewing people from either the Conservative uh, Labour Party or the Liberal Democrats, which the Liberal bit has always confused me because they're a soft socialist party. So um, <laughs> invisibility has been one of our curses for the last 16 years. Uh, we've been very active. We fight most elections. And next year, we're now gearing up f- uh, for the London mayoral election. The difference there is that um, we've got a very strong candidate in Tony Brown. And in London, they have a list system instead of first past the post. So we're hoping, hoping against hope that we will get some coverage for libertarian ideas. So we've been around for for a good while, but um, trying to break through into the mainstream media and a bit like you and your uh, experiences with YouTube, um, we find ourselves being shadow uh band all over the place but uh, we mm. keep going gotcha can you can you tell tell people who don't know what uh like the list list uh way of doing things are over there well we have a system here which was introduced centuries ago um literally called first past the post so mm-hmm. literally we, we have the bizarre situation where 
you can uh, win about 20% of the vote and the turnout in elections has just been plummeting because people are no longer bothering to vote because it doesn't make any difference. So mm. literally, if, say, for argument's sake, 60% of the people vote, um, literally all you need is to get one more vote than the next person on the ballot and you become the MP, Member of Parliament, and um, you are the one that is uh, elected to represent a constituency only if you only garnered less than 15 to 20% of the vote. The list system, which operates in Scotland as well with our colleagues in the Scottish Libertarian Party, means that you vote for a list. Um, this mm. is very important to us because in the Netherlands, um, the BBB, and I can't pronounce the, um, the, uh, the name of the um, of the party in uh, Dutch, but I can say that it is the Citizens and Farmers Party. The list system there means that you just vote and from a list of candidates actually put up by a particular party. Now, that list then um, is actually shared out on by the proportion of the vote, which is completely different to first-past-the-post system. Um, in um, I was going to say in Holland, but in the Netherlands, the BBB have just actually secured the largest um, number of seats in the Senate, and they've only been around for four years, um, mainly in opposition to the European Union's green policies to start shutting down Dutch farms. It struck a chord mm. with uh, the Dutch voter, and they are now the majority in the Senate and will be part of the next um, next government. Literally, the minor parties in the UK, because we don't have proportional representation, um, just don't get a look in. I mean, there are a whole host of small parties, some that are just um, on a one-ticket one campaign um, trying mm. to get votes. But unlike us, we've actually got a philosophy. We don't even register as far as the media are concerned, especially the BBC, which effectively is because it's a state-funded um, state funded media organisation, literally just toes the party line. I mean, it is really quite scary. And we look at 2024 as being the, uh, I don't know, the watershed for us, really. We've got to make a showing in this these elections. And that is the reason why we're putting all our efforts into Tony Brown, our candidate for um, London Mayor because it does guarantee some form of coverage in the capital city of the UK. Right. That's interesting. Um, I know it. So here in Georgia or, you know, where I technically live, I'm in Montana at the moment, but in, in Georgia, we have uh, a real problem with ballot access. We're actually the worst ranked state for ballot access, which means that on anything that isn't a statewide election, we have to get a certain number of signatures just to get on the ballot. So for, let's say somebody's trying to run for Senate, they've got to get something like 27,000 signatures from residents in their district to become, um, to be put on the ballot. Do y'all have anything like that or similarities or how difficult is it to get on a ballot in, in the UK? It's very, it's very easy to get on the ballot. You just need 10 signatures. That's one zero. <laughs> of people in your locality supporting this, but we have to pay what we call the democracy tax. Mm. So in London, it's 5,000 pounds sterling. 
and for each uh, MP candidate, it's £500 sterling per candidate. And if you don't get 5% of the vote, uh, the government pockets the money. So that's the only restriction we, we've got, is that we have to raise a lot of money that we know we're going to lose, which is the reason why we call it the democracy tax. Right. So if you lose, you technically lose twice. <laughs> oh, God, that's... Yeah. I mean, we've been, we've been losing for 16 years. The amount of money we as a party contributed to the chance of the exchequer is unbelievable. Wow, that is just infuriating on so many levels. Um, well, I know that uh, Elizabeth has been in contact with y'all for a little bit and really wants us to dive into um, smart cities and the emergence of, of, well, what they call smart cities. Um, I was wondering how how did you get started learning about this and what's the situation like over in the UK with these smart cities? Well, the smart cities are presumed to mean that you actually live in a uh, city and you are effectively locked into a locality of no more than 15 miles and you live and work uh, in the same area. And literally, it's as far as I'm concerned, I, I travel all over the world for my business uh, you're just being locked in exactly like we were in 2020 to 21, 22, when we had this, um, what we call the plague, because if we mention the C word, we will get shadow banned immediately and up comes warning messages about misinformation, etc., etc. And I'm sure you suffer from the same. Um, it's been pretty horrifying that Elon Musk is now actually uh, coming out with evidence that uh, various British government departments have actually set up an agency to actually restrict um, dissent on the internet and in the media. Um, so we're not very favourable to it. You know, we're libertarians, so freedom of movement, freedom of conscience. Um, smart cities, we've got smart motorways, and literally they've increased the death toll by, I think, about 20% because in order to save money, they've actually closed the emergency lane on motorways and actually made them into an extra lane because it saves money in building new motorways. Just why not use the, uh, um, use, use the emergency lane? So we, we've had quite a few deaths to the point now where there's been a public outcry against smart, um, smart motorways. And I, I know that the internet and IT has actually been a boon to actually being able to do business across the world. But when it's controlled to the extent that it is by government and the incompetence of government IT programs comes into play, um, smart cities has, has very little attraction for us. Mm. Can you, for people who don't know, because this is not a common thing that people know about over here at all. And we've only done really one episode on smart cities at this point. Um, can you explain like what what a smart highway is and what a smart city is and like all the all the government hoopla that goes into it? A smart. Yeah, I, I mean, I've just uh, we've just fallen foul of this. Um, literally, I don't know whether it's the same in the States or in Georgia. Literally, Britain seems to have one camera um, pointing at you in the street on the motorway. And literally, government has invested billions into this surveillance. It's almost like the Chinese system is where you're just tracked around uh, the country and your movements. Um, 
moving to France, um, we're in the middle of a re, uh, re-registration pro, um, process with the French government, moving our car from the UK to um, to to France, and it has to be re-registered. Well, con- considering that after Brexit, the French government and the British government are not exactly friendly with each other or cooperating, a process that took me to move my car two years ago took three weeks. It's now taking six months. So driving our Volvo in Britain, we were picked up by three separate agencies and had three threatening letters. Uh, one of them was to uh, have our car impounded and trashed. And the crime we'd actually committed was um, insurance, not how driving with insurance, which was not true because one of the cameras actually picked up the car registration, which is still on British plates, um, but didn't actually pick the insurance sticker up in the window because this camera was probably about 60 feet in the air. So this resulted in me spending virtually a whole day sending evidence to three separate agencies who seemed to be doing the same job. And unbelievably, the one the one authority that was the most conciliatory was Avon and Somerset Police. Um, literally, they said there may be a good reason for this. Um, but please, please let us have evidence that you were insured. So we sent that off all recorded. But the government agency called the DVLA, the Driver and Vehicle Licensing Authority, they just instantly went into fines. And literally, these cameras are everywhere, especially in the big cities. You can be tracked. So the only thing that's being smart about this is the level of surveillance you are under in Britain. It's truly terrifying. We were highlighting this as one of the first things when we were founded, that there are cameras everywhere watching your movements. And as ever, it's been put through as, oh, this is for your safety. This is for your security. (laughs) This is to stop terrorism. Well, it, it doesn't do anything other than gather money for government. And it's just another tax that you're expected to live with. For me, losing a whole day writing letters and sending all the evidence, sending it recorded. You know, it's just time, effort and energy. And I think a lot of people just get so tired of it. They just think it's easier just to send a check or, you know, mm-hmm. pay by credit card. And I, I'm i old enough, really, to be much more comfortable with a quill pen and parchment. Literally, I, I've spent whole days trying to get through to commercial organisations, government departments, using their IT systems, and they just don't work. So you can actually literally get locked up um, and have no appeal because you can't... These letters, these three letters we received, and I'm just using this as an example, there was not one telephone number on there where you could contact them and discuss it over the telephone. There was not one email address. You have to go to a website, which invariably failed on the first attempt, second attempt, third attempt, and when, if by any chance you do get a telephone number, you're then put on hold for about 20 to 30 minutes until you give up. So whether it's called smart, I don't know. I just call it stupid. And especially when people get killed on freeways, highways and motorways due to the fact it was easier for the government to actually convert an emergency lane into a, another lane for heavy moving traffic, which means if you break down, you're going to be run down by a lorry very, very quickly, or a truck, as you call it in the States. So, right. you know, just by calling it something smart doesn't necessarily mean it is.
Mm. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's kind of crazy. You're, you're basically have to, you have to spend your own time and take out of your, you know, work day, your schedule in order to prove your own innocence to, to a camera that took Correct. a picture and didn't take a second picture. Yeah. Like that, that's absurd yeah. to, yeah. to think that like, it's an automated system to the point where uh, you can't even get, they don't even list a phone number for you to call. Like you can't even get in contact with somebody to challenge it. That's, that's it. like, no, yeah, no. that's the opposite of freedom. That's the opposite I, I, of liberty. I mean, I'm absolutely, yeah, but I'm absolutely convinced uh, that you've got something that we have not got. And we're one of five countries that is in the same position. One of which is Saudi Arabia. We are one of five countries that has no constitution. Mm. Interesting. It's medieval. And the medieval bit, I don't know whether you actually saw it, we had a medieval crowning of a monarch whose ancestor was um, literally in that position due to the fact that he carried out a military coup in 1066. And we've not had a constitution since. There was a constitution under... Uh, Anglo-Saxon uh, Anglo law that even the king had to be elected under the Witten. Mm. But for the last thousand years, we are now living in a, a medieval state where effectively the rule of, the, of government and the monarchy, um, I'm not sure whether you're aware of this, is that on the day of the, um, uh, of the crowning of King Charles III, and I'm really hopeful about the child's bit because the last first Charles didn't come off too well when he uh, he tried to take on the British people in uh, 1642 and uh, the second Charles effectively managed to bankrupt the country through his inept rule but literally what happened on the morning of the coronation anybody who was a dissident who disagreed with having a monarchy was arrested at dawn and put into custody for 16 hours 66 people were arrested in London and put in the, put in jail for just philosophy, the philosophy of opposing the concept of monarchy. Did Wait you get that reported in Georgia? I, I literally have not heard anything about this. That was this year or last year? That was, oh, no, that was the, this year on the day of the monarchy, which happened about a month ago, uh, not the monarchy, the day of the coronation, Mm -hmm. um, King Charles actually signed into law because under the uh, under the legal setup in uh, England, any law has to receive the signature of the um, of, of the monarch. It's actually called the the assent of um, the personal assent of the monarch. So three days before his own coronation, he assented to a law that extended the power of the police to arrest anybody who opposed government, opposed the monarchy, and literally three days before his coronation, a month ago, uh, 66 people were arrested at dawn and thrown in, jails, in jail in case they disrupted the, um, the coronation. Wow. No, I had not heard a single thing about that. At, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's mind-blowing. This is what we get about state control of the media it, what they don't want you to hear doesn't get out um right. now the other thing is i'm still hopeful for this because we've just had our party conference in central england last weekend 
And what I'm hoping for is opposing the monarchy under the 1844 Monarchy Act is punishable, and it's still on the statute book, of being deported f um, to Australia. Now, I've been waiting for my air ticket from Qantas for the last 30-odd years, and I've still not been deported to Australia, and I'm still <laughs> waiting for my free ticket to get to the land of the sun. <laughs> well, that, that sounds like a pretty good deportation at this point. I'm not sure it would have been the same back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's so interesting. I'm, uh, I don't even know where to begin with, with arresting people who just oppose the monarchy the day of the coronation. That, 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 is, that is something that doesn't, isn't quite fathomable to me. I don't think, I can't imagine that happening here in the States, although I can't, can't say that it hasn't happened. Um, so over here, no, we well, definitely you, can. You've got a def you've, yeah, you've got a different way of going about it. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Julian Assange. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. He's been in jail for two years. He's committed no crime under English law other than mm -hmm. publishing leaked documents that came out of uh, out of the Pentagon. Um, he's been in jail now with uh, waiting for extradition. And he's been in Belmarsh, which is a high security prison. And there's been one attempt by American um, Secret Service agents to kill him when he was hiding out in a South American embassy in London. And literally, he's still there. This party is one of the few parties that campaigns for his release. And literally, we don't believe that he will be extradited to the US because the one thing you have got is due process in the States. So literally, if he ever ever does get put on a plane and put under um, put, put on trial, he's got the right to a defence. Now, if he puts a defence, he's just going to highlight all the crimes the military establishment have actually carried out in gunning down civilians in the Middle East and Afghanistan. And we don't believe that he will ever stand trial in the States. There are an awful lot of people who don't seem to actually survive going into security prisons in America, which is one of the um, one of the things that you have got is cruel and unusual punishment. Throwing a man into jail, and he's not the only journalist that's been thrown into jail for saying things that are unpalatable to government. There is a Scottish journalist who had to serve six months because of some uh, contempt of court that was completely ridiculous because he never repeated anything when he was reporting on a court case because a judge had uh, ruled that this wasn't to be reported. He just posited various questions and the government decided, well, that was tantamount to actually breaching a, um, a court order. So the, the end result was he, um, he just spent six months in jail. Now, when you... That means that Britain has actually plummeted down the press freedom list. I think we're now number 17, which is really quite embarrassing um, because of the Julian Assange case, due to the fact the Scottish journalist was locked up. So, you know, we, we don't live like our colleagues in the Russian Libertarian Party for opposing the Ukraine war. They're just regularly picked up and locked up and there's, you know, there's no due process there at all. We live in difficult times. And mm. as I've said, when I actually uh, was talking to members of the um, uh, Texas Libertarian Party, just value your constitution because it 
afford you some protection against the you know against the state because you can declare it unconstitutional but literally we are as hayek predicted not only on the road to serfdom as per his book in 1944 mm. we've arrived we've sat down and we're here we are back into serfdom 300 years of uh, campaigning for freedom and liberty uh, has led to the point where we're going backwards yeah yeah we did a uh a whole podcast this past week on Snowden and the effects of that and what uh, like being a whistleblower has like the, the dangers of that and how government's reaction to it and the severe penalties for people who have become whistleblowers or journalists who have called out government corruption. Um, the, the government's like response to it and in like their, their, constant desire to put those people in jail and silence them really makes it difficult for people to want to be those whistleblowers in the future and kind of sets the, sets the bar pretty high for, um, for somebody who wants to call out government corruption, um, and present evidence for, for such corruption. Um, and it's just, it is, it is very unfortunate because freedom of the press is a very basic thing, but it definitely is, um, especially here in the States, seems like just another arm of the government at this point, um, most of the corporate Correct. press. Correct. Um, yeah, they're, they're basically their mouthpiece. Whatever they want, said, um, they're going to say it and uh, reinforce it and make sure everyone obeys and complies and shut down basically everybody who disagrees with them, which isn't too dissimilar. I mean, it's, you know, I don't think people are getting arrested for, for speaking their minds on YouTube. Um, but you know, people definitely get shut down. And when you can't, when you don't know that there are other options out there, you're and you don't know to look for them, you're never going to find them and you're never going to hear something different. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's very unfortunate. Um, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, Libertarian party of UK, because like I said, I don't, I had no idea it even existed. Y'all are kind of like, uh, like the revolutionaries at the beginning of uh, the revolutionary war here in, here in the States, um, you know, still fighting the fight in, in the UK. So what, uh, what's y'all's top priorities right now? And um, what can people do to help out? What can people do to, to spread the word for y'all? Oh, thank God for that, because I thought I was going to have to steer this conversation around to, to doing this. Um, <laughs> basically, what we need now, what we need now is support and we need cash. It's, it's as simple as that, because we've got to pay the democracy tax. Now, we believe mm. that 2024 is actually going to be the watershed movement for liberty in the UK. If you've been watching the press, Former Prime Minister Boris Johnson has now um, resigned from Parliament. He's no longer an MP. And while I was out today, I understand another two MPs have um, stood down. That means there's going to be a by-election before the general election next year. Um, so literally, we have got to raise something like about £10,000 sterling to actually fight our corner and get our name across. If we don't, ha we have no very little restriction other than paying the democracy tax on getting at the ballot paper. But literally, mm. what we need is cash. And believe it or not, under electoral commission rules, we can accept 
what is called permissible um, finance. So if if you uh, Jake really wanted to give me five hundred dollars, that's okay. That's under the limit. So you're not going to be like the Chinese allegedly and the Russians stealing your election. We that is a permissible um, that's a permissible donation, and literally we're allowed to take it. But Nigel Farage, I know that you've actually heard of. He was raising finance for his new party to replace UKIP um, after the success of um, literally the British electorate just turning around and said, no, we don't want to be dominated by a foreign government in Brussels. We're leaving and we left. And literally the BBC and um, we campaigned actively for Brexit because even though I live in France, constitutionally, I do not want my birth country being ruled by effectively a Franco-German alliance um, yeah. in the name of socialism because the rest of Europe is very much a, a socialist entity. Um, we still have got vestiges of uh, free market capitalism in the UK and we also have allegedly got democracy, but it is actually um, parliamentary representative democracy, which means the only votes that actually count are the 600 people that sit in parliament. We have always advocated for nigh on 16, 17 years. We want to go to the Swiss um, direct democracy so we can bypass all the politicians. If they want to vote on a major um, policy issue uh, in Switzerland, you need to get 100,000 people to sign a petition and they have to put that motion to the vote in a referendum, which is what actually happened about whether we were going to stay in um, the EU or not, is all of the major parties sitting in Parliament wanted to stay in the EU. Um, the BBC definitely wanted to stay into the EU. And certainly the civil service, the uh, bureaucracy wanted to stay in the EU. The, uh, the EU, uh, sorry, the bureaucracy is now euphemistically known as the blob because they just actually block any initiative or reform on everything. So literally, if you do want to help uh, our campaign financially, there are ways and means of actually doing it legally. I'm also not only the emeritus um, chairman of the party, and I think we're now tracking. Okay, that's grand. So if you want to get in contact with us, and if you've got the odd 40 odd million you want to give us, um, please do so. But um, we have to abide by um, the government rules where the Labour Party can take millions off the trade unions and socialist parties. The um, the uh, the Conservative Party has numerous um, um, donors of very dubious origin and the Liberal Democrats, and I don't think I'm going to get fined or sued by um, um, the people in the Liberal Democrats who actually took £3 million off a convicted fraudster and when all this erupted they never handed the money back so it could be um, handed back to the people that he took it from they and the electoral commission allowed them to keep it so at the end of the day we're we're, we're only looking for a hundred thousand pounds sterling so if you think you can help and there are ways and means that we can do this we would certainly like your help our, our excellent candidate who's going to be standing for london mayor and competing for Boris's um, um, seat now that he's actually vacated, because there will be an immediate election now in his seat. 
um, is Tony Brown. He's a former advisor to the European Freedom uh, Parties in the EU Parliament. He worked for nearly 10 years in Brussels as an advisor to Nigel Farage and others. Um, Oxford, sorry, he's, he's Cambridge educated. Good grief. If I'd actually told Tony he was <laughs> Oxford educated, I'd be shot at dawn. Um, he's very erudite. He's, uh, he's like me, he's a history um, graduate. So unfortunately, us history graduates can see this ebbing and flowing of the, of the sea of liberty on our shores. And certainly liberty is on an ebb tide at the moment. It's going out. And, you know, Hayek nearly 100 years ago had it right. We've now reached the apogee of all the freedom, the granting of the vote to everybody um, is now under threat. Um, my son, um, we now have to produce ID when we actually go to polling stations, something unheard of. And my, my son was nearly denied the vote when he, uh, when he was asked for his identification and actually said, Ausweis bitte. Um, Papyrus. <laughs> so literally, they almost threatened, they almost threatened to um, throw him out of the um, throw him out of the polling booth, but uh, they relented and uh, let him vote. I don't know where he gets it from. I blame the parents. <laughs> yeah, I would blame the parents too. After this conversation, for sure. <laughs> well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today, and y'all heard it. Folks, um, go to their website, um, donate what you can, spread the word if you can't donate. Um, yeah, you can also follow them on Twitter. I'm going to put that up on the screen. Um, Libertarian Party UK. I think it's Libertarians UK um, is, their, is their handle. Um, yeah, um, Andrew, again, thank you for, for you know, taking the time out of your day to, to, to record this with me. Um, do you have anything else that, that you want people to know that you need to promote? Um, anything like that? No, just, um, you know, I, I don't know how we can actually break through to the mainstream media. Um, but literally, the one thing I would like to promote is for the Libertarian Party of Georgia is to end this barbaric uh, imprisonment of Julian Assange. He's being held prisoner at the behest of the American security services please if you have any influence anywhere publicize this case it's an abhorrence that a journalist is actually locked up for committing no crime um it's it's medieval and it should not be happening so yeah, anyway i'd like can... you to thank you for the time uh, nice to actually get a, a bit of visibility albeit in the wrong country but um, thank you very much for the invitation to come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, I completely agree with the Assange thing. Um, it's my it's my belief that that should be our number one priority at this point, because it, it will get a lot of attention worldwide. And um, there's a lot of good we can do and a lot of light we could shed on on that whole situation. Um, if he does get extradited to the U.S., um, I I will be at that first hearing. I'll be there when he's when he arrives. Um, I'm going to try to make a little mini documentary about it. We're going to see what we can do to, to keep, you know, spreading the word and get more eyes on it and get more people backing, um, backing his release. So yeah, again, thank you so much for joining y'all. Um, if you found any of this interesting, go to either one of our websites, lpgeorgia.com or libertarianpartyuk.com to learn more. Um, lots of great resources. You can, Tune into this podcast every Tuesday, um, and then we have a live Thursday night podcast at 8 p.m. 
Eastern every single week. So make sure you tune into those. Subscribe to all of our channels. Andrew, again, thank you. Stick around for after the credits and we'll chat for a second. And uh, yeah, for everybody else, we'll see you next week. Peace. Good stuff. Thank you.